Hello everyone and welcome to episode 5 of the Bear Bar Tales in podcast form. It is I, your host that refuses to wear pants. Because if Blue didn't, then why should I? The one and only Bear Bard. Today's stories will actually start off with a glory story before returning to your regularly scheduled block of horror. If you like this content, please consider subscribing or following this podcast. And if you're listening on Apple Music, consider giving it a review. Also, if you're wanting to hear my thoughts on these stories, you can find them in the original YouTube videos these stories were taken from on the Bear Bard Tales YouTube channel. But without further ado, let's jump right into the first story, titled An Almost Horror Story That Became a Triumph Story Due to an Ex-Problem Player Actually Learning His Lesson and Dealing with a D&D Problem in a Healthy Manner. I actually got that all in one take. That's a surprise. This is a sort of pseudo-sequel to my horror story about the former edgelord, me, who got into a feud with a pervy weeaboo that almost derailed an online D&D campaign and almost ruined another player's fun. I'll link the story at the top here. I will say that this story has nothing to do with anyone in that story, nor is it a follow-up on Dave the pervy weeaboo, but more of a follow-up on my own shit actions and how I learned from them to avoid an almost similar situation. Previous story can be read here. So really consider this an almost RPG horror story that became a triumph story with a happy ending for everyone, and lesson in how problem players can change if they actually put the effort into change. Also, like my last tale, this one was like 12 to 13 years ago, so my memory isn't 100% on some things and I filled in some minor blanks that I can't remember, but I do remember the important story beats. So this would be my first and only in-person Dungeons & Dragons campaign. Most of my TTRPG experience has been online due to convenience and most of my tabletop-aligned friends being online friends. This would be a big deal for me, especially after some reflection from my last D&D experience with my previous online campaign and the obnoxious edgelord character I had made for it, and the dumbass drama I had had a hand in during it. I wanted a fresh start to actually learn from my past mistakes, so this college D&D group was going to be my redemption arc, as anime fans would call it. I was a nerdy former problem player who was looking to get back into D&D with a fresh perspective. Between being an introvert who was, and in some way still is, far more comfortable with being myself online than in real life, and wanting to avoid the cringy edgelord habits with my last character, created a rather bog-standard down-to-earth paladin character, which, funnily enough, would make him far more endearing to the table for reasons that will become clear soon. The cast in this game was as follows. Babysitter Paladin, my paladin character. He was the shell-shocked but still heroic-driven human former paladin of Bahamut, turned follower of Pelor, because sad backstory about his traumatic experience during a crusade-like conflict that left him with some haunting memories and severe crisis of faith, who was the party's de facto leader, in name only. Hilariously, he was treated more like an exasperated babysitter that nobody listened to due to the more outlandish personalities of the party. Despite his irritation with the other party's chaotic antics, he never despised anyone, save for one, but we'll get into that, and in general was sort of a big brother to the party that was respected for doing everything to keep them safe, even if they still loved messing with him. Hustler Warlock A female tiefling warlock pretending to be a wizard because in-story persecution of warlocks, whose player acted her out as this sort of friendly witch-snake oil salesman type character. She was good-natured and had a kind heart, but she was always about the hustle and making her coin purse full through harebrained potion schemes. Her occasional greed sometimes got the party into a number of dangerous encounters. Snark Cleric, a far more laid-back and chaotic holy woman compared to Paladin, and the team's healer. 
She was a human-cleric rogue hybrid who, if I remember the story correctly, was a reformed crook turned cleric of a chaotic good god, but can't remember which. She was mostly cleric with some rogue abilities, specifically as far as stealth, picking locks, and persuasion slash deception checks. This would come in handy since our party didn't have an actual rogue. She had a Robin Hood leg streak, so while she typically would still indulge in theft and pickpocketing, she was also careful to do it to assholes or just stuck-up noble types, which was fine with her chaotic good deity of choice. Chaotic Wizard, the bane of Paladin's existence. A mischievous and manic gnome wizard whose personality would best be described as the genie from Aladdin on crack cocaine. He was a flashy, demented, arcane agent of chaos who was always trying to be the center of attention, and rarely, if ever, thought plans through and just flew by the seat of his robes. 50% of the party's problems had a chance of being caused by his antics, and he and Paladin had a very sitcom antagonistic relationship in the game. And finally, the DM. A friendly and energetic guy who, by his own admission, hit the shrooms a little too much, who was one of my favorite DMs. He was fair and relaxed, never a rules Nazi, and his only concern was crafting a challenging but fun and fair campaign. His campaigns never felt boilerplate, nor did they feel like Dark Souls difficult. We all had a fun time with his campaign for as long as it lasted. For most of the campaign, we were mostly running from quest to quest, never really encountering what I thought would be considered the big plot quest. I think we came close to it near the time that the game sadly ended due to a lot of people not having time for the game. The party's dynamic was relatively fun and often full of hijinks, with my paladin more or less playing off everyone else as an exasperated straight man. I was constantly afraid I was playing paladin as a stick in the mud slash fun police guy, since in character, I sternly, but never do as I say harshly, tried to keep the party focused on quests and plot hooks, but DM commented that he actually enjoyed my pally as he felt like I was keeping the more outlandish members of the party on task without full-on railroading the campaign. The other players felt the same, since they sometimes got lost in their own side quests and whims, and treat Pally as an annoying but well-meaning responsible older brother who helped them focus sometimes. For the most part, Paladin had an annoyed but amicable relationship with Cleric and Warlock, but became increasingly frustrated with Gnome Wizard. The fastest summary I could give would be Wizard was Spongebob and Patrick to Paladin Squidward. Paladin suggests they sneak around a kobold camp. Wizard would cast a firework-like cantrip to get their attention without consulting anybody. Paladin thinks a suspiciously placed treasure looks like a trap. Wizard would use mage hands to grab it and trigger a booby trap, forcing the party to flee immediately. Paladin was trying to get information for a quest from a dangerous, but at the time civil, cult. Wizard was caught trying to break into their sanctum without consulting the party, again, and caused an all-out brawl with the paranoid cultists. Gonna talk briefly about the out-of-character stuff. I found both Wizard, the character, and his player irritating. He was a very manic extrovert to my more reserved and at the time depressed introvert. He had rather poor table manners as far as the snacks we'd all bring for the game night and had zero volume control with his indoor voice so he would often loudly or borderline shout what his actions were, or when acting out the wizard's antics, which constantly rubbed me the wrong way, along with how he played the wizard in general. However, this campaign happened several months after my last one, and the cringy feud I had with Dave the Sex Pest player. Between the lessons I learned with that horror story and the added weight of being an in-person campaign, I did not want to repeat past mistakes. I talked to the DM privately about my annoyances about Wizard and his player, emphasizing that the last thing I wanted to do was to bring my issues into the game, which was seeping a bit with how Paladin could be shorter and more irritated with Wizard compared to the admittedly less destructive antics of Warlock and Cleric. 
I'll say that the DM was probably one of the best dungeon masters I have ever had the pleasure of playing with in all of my on and off TTRPG experience. He commented he appreciated me coming to him about it over raising a stink at the table, and being able to admit my issue with Wizard were superficial on some level and wanted to find options of dealing with it before it blew up into drama. He admitted that while he enjoyed the humorously chaotic nature of the party and my paladin's attempt at hurting them, like an underpaid daycare worker, DM found Wizard to sometimes go out of his way to hog the spotlight, and while he never indulged in what any of us would consider griefing, trying to intentionally get the party killed or intentionally derail the story, his refusal to ever consult the party about his actions or ever really reflect on how many close calls the party had because of him was becoming an issue. He told me he had an idea, but kept me out of the loop for both story and metagaming purposes. But just told me Wizard's antics were about to catch up with him and that he and the party would need to make a difficult choice. Cue next session. A local lord our party had met in session 1 was sending guards to arrest Wizard for one of his many in-town antics. I can't recall what it was exactly that caused this, but it was basically one of his many zany actions that accidentally caused property damage and some endangerment of civilians that at the time, the party just brushed off. The Lord gave Paladin, Warlock, and Cleric clemency, despite him being a member of our party. For context, Wizard came in a few sessions after we started. So the Lord knew us as reliable adventurers before Wizard joined, but said Wizard would have to pay considerable damages or be imprisoned. In character, I was quite happy with letting Wizard reap what he sowed. But DM described a little gentle nudge from my deity, Pelor basically guilting me about never leaving my family behind, even if they were a pain in the ass. Reluctantly, Paladin and the party attempts to find a way to help Wizard, since they were on good terms with the Lord. Now, the Lord was a friendly NPC, but by no means a saint. He ran the city with an iron, but velvet-covered fist. He saw an opportunity with our predicament and offered a deal. He needed capable fighters for a Colosseum-like deathmatch against a ferocious beast to entertain the city's commoners but had no takers for the big prize fight. All we had to do was agree to kill the beast for the city's entertainment. And, not only would Wizard's crime be forgiven, but we'd get to keep all the considerable price money, assuming we didn't die. However, he refused to reveal the beast as to not ruin the surprise. As we prepared for the battle, Wizard was a bit more somber about the events, thanking the team for taking up for him. Paladin briskly, but gently, comments that despite them cleaning up one of his many messes, None of them wanted him to rot in prison or worst, but comment his actions will eventually affect all of them, not just him. Wizard actually took this to heart, and while he said it was hard for him to control his manic impulses, he tried to reel them in for their sakes. So we get to the Colosseum, and the setup is as bombastic as you can imagine. The Lord, with his VIP box, introduces us as the Brady Volunteers, who would slay his recently acquired beast, or die trying. Then, we had a collective... Oh sh moment when the beast was rolled out and we realized why the Lord didn't have any takers for his match. Because the beast in question was a white dragon. Now, looking back, I think the DM nerfed this thing to the ground, having some in-game explanation of it being young and slightly injured from its capture. Since, thinking on our levels at the time, I think 3 or 4, an actual stat-wise D&D dragon would have utterly wrecked us. Regardless of this, it was still an intense fight with a lot of close calls. I'll spare the play-by-play, -play, but more or less, it was an uphill battle to fight this thing. With me doing what I could to get it to focus on my tanky ass <coughs> over the super squishy parts. It ended in a bombastic way, with the DM describing the killing blow in vivid detail. With me and Wizard teaming up, him telling me to throw my sword at its chest and to trust him. 
I reluctantly agree, launching it like a spear at the white dragon. Wizard using his magic to cause the sword to burst into flames and pierce the dragon's heart, killing it. We're met with an uproarious applause for slaying the dragon, and we're all hyped at such an achievement. The paladin wizard seemed to be far more amicable after this life and death situation, until paladin pulls out his sword to find out that the flashy attack basically destroyed it. Wizard sheepishly says that he'll help him get a better one, and paladin with an annoyed, but at this point, I'm used to this crap resignation, just sighs and says he appreciates that. The lord keeps his promise, with wizard free of charges and us now considerably richer. And all of us, more or less close as a chaotic but tight-knit party, head out on a new side quest. Wizards attempt to make amends by finding Paladin the best magical longsword money can buy, which in itself is a wild and zany adventure, but I think this is a good place to end the story. In general, that was the vibe with our party, until sadly college ramped up and we all didn't have time for D&D, and slowly drifted apart. While I'm not in contact with anyone from this campaign, I still fondly remember our zany adventures and how much I had grown as a person and player compared to my crappy actions in the last campaign. This was the full, honest and fun Dungeons and Dragons experience for me, and I hope all of my campaigns will be as fun and heartfelt as this one. TLDR, a reformed problem player, joins a new campaign, gets irritated by a manic, spotlight-hogging solo player who constantly got the party into trouble without ever considering them. And the ex-problem player does the responsible thing and consults the DM who crafts a perfect in-game situation to teach the manic solo player the consequences of his action while allowing the party to grow and become a healthier, close-knit unit. Our next story, a true RPG horror story. Saw a game notice on the board at an old Pegasus Books in Milwaukee, Oregon. Thought it would be cool. Before internet time, so I called these folks and met up. Go to a dude's house and I'm the only girl. Game starts, rolling along, fun stuff, until player says he's going to rape a goblin. DM tells him to roll. Then every single move was about forced sex on something. I excused myself to the bathroom and went out the window with my purse. Left my dice. There's my true RPG horror story. And scene. Big yikes on that last one. I guess the title was earned? Our next story is called, We Can Make Any Character Except That A Character Who Couldn't Use Magic Really Couldn't Do Anything. This happened about two years ago. I found a group to play with where the DM told me he was designing his own campaign. He told me I could make any character I wanted, thus I made a half-orc barbarian. The other characters were a druid, a warlock, and a bard. The campaign started, and it focused around fighting and hunting ghosts, except that anyone who could not use magic could not see or hurt the ghost. My character couldn't do anything in the first encounter except flail around and almost get killed because he couldn't see anything thus the enemies had advantage on him i asked the dm if this was fair and he said that i should have known that my character won't be able to use magic he never told me about his campaign needing a character who could use magic my character couldn't see or hear half the npcs because they were ghosts nor did i get any items to help me see them even in the second session i never went for the third and scene Okay, but seriously, should I tell jokes in between? Like, so I was eating some berries the other day, and actually, they're not bears. They wouldn't get it. Well, on to our next story. Storyteller cancels the game because ADHD is not a real mental health condition. So I enjoy playing Vampire the Masquerade. It is my favorite RPG, and I think I have a decent grasp on how to roleplay the different clans. I find a game online to play over Discord, and we have our session zero. And things are looking okay. I make a Malkavian tattoo artist that suffers from ADHD and synthesisia. I apologize if I mispronounced anything there. Since Malkavians tend to have issues with their mental health. I chose these conditions because I have them and I don't want to choose anything that I could portray wrong. 
When I told the storyteller this, he made it a point to tell me that these conditions were not real mental health issues and that I should be more crazy to play correctly. When other players tried to explain to him that yes, ADHD and synthesia are real mental health conditions, he ended up getting mad and canceling the game because we refused to play correctly and admit that ADHD was fake. This was session zero. We never even got to play. And scene. I could give fun bear facts here, maybe. There are only eight species of bear, and the next story is titled, Horny Guy Tries to Join Campaign. Okay, so this is a real short one, but it still counts. For some context, I'm a new GM on MRPG, and my campaign was in the looking for players phase. I saw some people wanted to join, so I looked over their applications. Then there was that guy. Instead of filling in the things he needed for the application, mainly class, they instead wrote some really horny sh** in there, mainly about how big their lower nose was and how they'd attract the ladies. He also said the reason his character was joining this adventure was simply because he wanted to f aka because they were horny. I, a person who incredibly despises ERPG, rejected their application and am now posting it here. So yeah, this wasn't much of a horror story and more of a reminder to catch red flags before they even join. Next up today older player blamed me for my generation's issues. Hello, I'm 24 years old and currently have been DMing for about 3 years. I mainly focus on D&D 5e or Pathfinder, so currently I'm DMing for a group of 3, two of which are older than me by at least 20 years, and the other is my wife. So we'll call them Joe, Jane, and wife for the purpose of the story. One day, Joe came to my house for our usual game night and suggested that we play Werewolf of the Apocalypse instead of D&D. I informed him that he'd have to GM since I don't know the system mechanics at all, to which he happily agreed with. So I built my character and we went off and played an amazing game that made me really love WTA. Seeing this, Joe invited me to play at his friend's house for a new werewolf game they're going to run and of course I agreed, since I'd had so much fun playing it. Fast forward about two weeks and Joe calls me and says the game will be held that upcoming Thursday and to just meet him at his house so we can carpool over to his friend's house who lives about an hour away. I agreed. Fast forward again to Thursday, and we meet up to do as we had agreed. Fast forward again to Thursday, and we meet up to do as we had planned and head over to his friend's, uh, let's call him Ben's house. I had met Ben before, but only briefly beforehand during a big dinner my wife and I were invited to a few months back. Ben, who is just a bit older than Joe, invited me in no problem and showed me around, letting me see all of his swords and movie props he had collected over the years. Totally awesome so far and wonderful. Now a bit of small history. I was in the army for three years before getting out on medical discharge and Ben was in the army for, well, a lot longer, but years and years ago, before I was even in the elementary school. So we had sort of a military bond with each other and swapped a few stories. Well, time came for character creation, so of course I eagerly got my pencil and paper ready. To my surprise, Ben did character creation a lot differently than how Joe showed me. So of course I was lost and all the same. Eh, no matter, I thought to myself and listened. He wanted all of his players to play Silverfangs, which was fine by me, then proceeded to completely negate the rules of the character creation for the game and was telling me to put points in things my character didn't even have, then told me to take them away, then told me to put the points into something else, then told me I was doing everything wrong. This is where things started to take a turn. Ben started going on and on about how my generation is full of pussy and entitled little shits. his words exactly, and I quote, You'll never be grateful for the things you have. Your generation is so spoiled and whiny. You never listen. All you do is cry. 
I bit my tongue and didn't say anything because I knew what he was saying didn't apply to me, since my parents are old enough to be his parents, literally their baby boomers, and raised me to be a hard-working, strong-willed person who didn't want to accept handouts from anyone, and when I was younger, I had to work as soon as I could just to help pay bills so we can eat since my mom lost her job due to injury, and my dad's job got bought out and they cut his pay by half. So I just ignored it for the time being and let him rant. Back to the character creation. Of course, I was lost and confused, so I had a lot of questions, obviously. To which Ben was of no help answering and Joe helped instead. Ben, now at this point pissed off at me and my generation, decided it would be good to go on another rant. This time attacking me personally. This game has a lot of roleplay and not much action in it. I know you aren't used to it at all since all you do is play Pokemon 5th edition, but you're playing with adults now and we like a good story. I know that may be hard for you to understand since your generation doesn't like to think, but try to keep up. To which I responded, yeah, that's how I like to play. Yeah, I mainly play 5th edition and Pathfinder, but I've played Cyberpunk 2020, Call of Cthulhu, Starfinder, and Vampire the Masquerade before, and all of those have a lot of roleplaying in them, depending on who's running the game. I much prefer lots of roleplay over constant action, and of course Ben proceeded to ignore me and act like I was a child who did not know what he was talking about. Fast forward, character creation is done and we all gather our things to head over to another friend of Joe and Ben's house to play since it was a last minute change. We all get there and I instantly make friends with everyone there, especially since I 3D print and paint miniatures and everyone was super intrigued by that. A little while goes by and the game finally starts and Ben is at the head of the table to GM. Everyone, there's seven of us playing at this point, all of which are Joe or Ben's age, is being loud and talking over each other as Ben is trying to start off the game and I'm just trying to listen, but I can barely hear a thing. Then everyone goes around the room, saying their character's age. When it comes to me, I say Bjorn is 25 years, and Ben cuts me off with a, Ugh, I said between 18 and 21. This is what I mean, your generation doesn't listen to sh**. So I responded with, Okay, he's 20. I couldn't hear you over everyone else being so loud. To which he responded, Everyone else heard me, but of course the youngest of us can't. To which I responded back, my age doesn't matter. I'm sorry my time being in a tank in the army has left me with some hearing issues, but go on. Let's start. Ben rolled his eyes and we began playing. The entire game, Ben basically ignored me and my character, and whenever it did come to me, I'd suggest something that us, the party, can do, and Ben would scoff a little and move on to the next person, to which they would agree with me and suggest the same thing and Ben would say good job to them. All in all, I was singled out by an angry, late 40s dude who didn't like my generation and took his anger out on me for just being born when I was, instead of welcoming me into the group. After Joe and I left, I explained to him that I won't be coming back to the table, and that Ben needed to get his head out of his ass and not be a dick, just because of someone's age, especially without knowing anything about them. Joe then proceeded to defend Ben and said, yeah, that's just how he is though, and we've all come to accept him for it. Ben's a dick, but he's a good guy. To which I respond with, to you maybe, but either way, I'm not playing at his table anymore. And Joe just said, okay. We drove to his house, then I left to my house in my car. After I got home, almost 2am at this point, I explained it all to my wife, and even she was shocked at the way I was treated. And to it all, my gaming group still continues to this day with my wife, Joe, and Jane. And it's still great as is. Next story up. Player dies, then rages at me. The party is on their way to the crossroads to do a deal with the devil when they come across a group of highwaymen berserkers. The party knows how dangerous one berserker is, so they have the options to pay 50 gold, a pittance really, or fight. 
the level three Hexblade charges at the blockade without even talking to the party and attacks the closest berserker. Initiative starts and the rest of the party basically refused to roll initiative because they didn't want an unnecessary fight. I decide to only let him 1v1 the berserker while the rest of the gang watches. He doesn't roll higher than an 11 and dies in three turns. This isn't a regular 5e world. Reincarnation is the stuff of legends and the party doesn't even begin to know how to find a cleric or magic item to do it. They bury him and go along the way. I pause the session and ask if we can take a break while he rolls up a new PC and he starts to catch an attitude. You really gonna let me die? Fine. He rolls up a character called Dick Licker the Third. When I read this, I wanted to say it real fancy, like, Dick Licker the Third. <clears throat> I tell him, if he's not going to roll a real PC, you can just go. He says, wow, now you're going to kick me out? I say, no, if you roll up a new PC, you can stay. He says, nah, and leaves. He then texts me a literal paragraph talking about how shitty of a DM I am and surprised anyone wants to play with me. Here's your next story. The Solution to Child Slave Labor This happened this week while I was playing the Iron Dynasty setting of the Savage Worlds books. My group's favorite system, though the story was homebrew. Now, the only context you need is that we change DM and the campaign every now and then. We do an evil campaign. I DM and we are pirates in space only doing what benefited us. Then we do a good campaign to where we are adventurers in fictional Iron Age Japan always trying to do the right thing, only using violence as a last resort. This was the Japanese campaign. So to cut to the chase, the DM had us go to the realm of water this week, and while there, we got captured by water Oni, and enslaved. So we had to figure out how to escape our newfound imprisonment. While there, we find a lot of women and children who are also slaves, working in this copper mine. There is also an old man who has lots of knowledge of other realms, and he explains how death works. He explains that everybody here is of the mortal realm, and so can't die in the water realm. If you die in a realm that isn't your own, then you just return to your own realm and are banished there for a thousand years. And, so all the Oni we ever killed just go back to their respective realm. But, only if you are murdered. If you die by suicide or by accident, then you are dead. No matter what realm you are in, and so the demons won't kill you, just torture you if you try to escape. So, then my friend, we'll call Jay, realized something. But before he explained it, he just started saying, look, I know how to get these people out and I'll make it quick. Me, the DM and the other player, call him A, were just listening until he said, let's take our pickaxes and kill the kids and women. <laughs> At this point, the DM is f***ing pissed. Me and A are just f***ing dying laughing, and Jay is just saying things like, look, it'll be quick and painless, just a quick pin to the head, <laughs> just a quick <laughs> just a quick pin to the head and it will be back in the earth realm safe and sound the dm actually got up and started pacing while me and jay were trying to catch our breath as this goes on i finally am able to yell out while pointing at the dm how did you <laughs> how did you accidentally make a situation where child murder is objectively the moral <laughs> objectively the moral correct option i have been playing tabletop for 10 years this was the funniest fucking thing i've ever seen my current dm the best dm i ever seen has a saying never say no only say yes yes and or yes but this is more of a guideline rather than a law though 
But for the first time in three years with this DM, he flat out said, no, you are not allowed to fucking kill kids. And finally, how to accidentally kill your PCs. After a 15-year break, I am happily back to D&D. After several months, I was ready to run a homebrew campaign. My players seemed to enjoy the odd story I crafted and all was good, except combats were way too easy. Spells and key alpha striking all my encounters. Absolutely steamrolling over some beefed up mini bosses. And I have a knack for rolling critical failures. So the group had then engaged a boss. They knew he was coming and I wanted to give them a difficult but manageable combat challenge. The boss had some spells of his own and access to sorcerer mechanics. And to ensure there would be at least one to two things left swinging after the party murdered him, round one, I added a minotaur skeleton and an ogre zombie along with some other chaff. Well, now the group rolled multiple ones, and I rolled too much damage. Who knew? Downing half the group instantly, and leaving the others hopeless. I felt bad for my friends, but honestly, I was more affected by the realization that this effort-filled campaign creation of mine was suddenly borked. TLDR, don't tempt the dice by going too big and too wide with encounters because ish happens. I think that's going to wrap it up for us today. If you liked what you heard today, make sure to subscribe to the podcast. If you want to hear more BearBard outside of the podcast sphere, then you can connect with us on YouTube, Discord, Reddit, Facebook, Twitter, and now even TikTok. Sorry, no bear twerking. Yet. I will also be adding another style of podcast to the mix very soon here, in where I'll be bringing guests on to discuss all aspects of D&D and other tabletop RPGs. So make sure to keep an eye, or an ear, out for that. If you have any ideas for the podcast, or have anyone in particular you want to try and guest on the show, make sure to let me know in my Discord channel. For now, though, this has been The Bear Bard. Stay kind, stay beautiful, and I'll see you next time.